everything's inspired by the teachings of his divine grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and chair of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Aganatimananda Shantanangana Sarakya Taksudin Miditam Yanatashmai Siddhiravedamha Si Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yadavutai I'd like to talk to you today about the yoga of devotion. Our first step in reaching the full potential of our lives is to put God in first place. The English word yoke comes from the Sanskrit term yoga. Yoga means yoking with the supreme, the divine, Krishna or God. Yoga is not another word for physical fitness. <laughs> If the physical fitness is not accompanied by the mental and the spiritual components, it's just calisthenics, it's not yoga. If you're not mentally and spiritually aspiring to put God first place, then you could just as well be swimming, running, or bicycling, but you're not doing yoga. When you're putting God first place, that is yoking, that is yoga. You could be donating your salary towards building a temple your time to missionary endeavors, your energy cooking for the Lord, raising a family in God consciousness. Arjuna even fought a war in yoga. Yoga is not something you do an hour a day to keep fit. Yoga is something you do 24 hours a day in order to honor God. And trust me, if you're active all day, every day in the service of the Lord, you're gonna be in top physical condition whether you go to a so-called yoga studio or not. Prabhupada, our spiritual master, said, the real aim is for the living entity to give up all small-minded, egocentric goals to be prepared to satisfy the Supreme. That is yoga. Whenever there's a break in our routine, you'll see devotees with little bags around their necks. They fill those gaps by chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Just by having a set of rosaries and doing the simple practice of repeating the names of God, it engages the speaking, the hearing, the tactile sense. You can have a picture of Krishna. You can also smell the incense and roses that are offered to Krishna. So a simple technique engages all the five senses in a transcendental activity. And wherever the senses go, guess what? The mind's going to follow. Very practical, very simple, very straightforward. If you've made a decision to be a yogi by going with God in your life, then the next step is growing with God in that relationship. Krishna is described in the Vedic literatures as the root of all existence, the source from which everything emanates. We are the branches, the twigs, and the leaves of that tree, so to speak. Constitutionally, we are parts and God is the whole. Now this key is for the part to stay connected to the whole. Does that sound logical? If the part is connected to the whole, if the leaf is connected to the tree, then the leaf is gonna stay nourished by receiving water from the root of the tree. If the root is satisfied, then the whole tree is happy. The fruits, the leaves, flowers are also the end result. We can stay connected with the Supreme by chanting. Over time, we will grow. Eventually, we'll taste the spiritual fruits of joy, happiness, peace, which come from being connected to the whole. As most of you know, to grow a relationship, it's going to take some time. To grow a relationship, 
patience is going to be required. We can't be impatient and expect that within the first 24 hours of chanting God's holy names and starting our yoga practices, that we're going to have that relationship. When you make Krishna part of your moment-to-moment daily existence, you become like a farmer. You plant good seeds in good soil. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Like any farmer, you have to fence off, protect those seeds, to water them, take out the weeds, which threaten to choke the tender creepers. And like any good farmer, you have to be patient and wait for the results. Now here's something else to consider. It's hard to make yoga progress while hanging on to the bad habits of our previous life. It's like trying to light a fire and at the same time pour water on it. Therefore, any serious yogi will distance themselves from the four bad habits which are antithetical to yogic progress. These are, if anybody wants to take notes, <laughs> illicit, illicit sex. That means if you're single, you're celibate. If you're married, you're faithful. Gambling. No intoxication. There was a billboard on I-15 a year or so ago with a personified bottle of Mountain Dew, hands on his hips and saying, who are you calling a soft drink? (laughs) Not everybody got that. And no meeting. We'll talk a little bit about that later. If you do this, over time you'll grow in love, intimacy, trust, and peace. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, 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 Hari. The arranged marriages in traditional India 100 or so years ago worked out surprisingly well. It was very awkward at first because the bride and the husband would have never met before the wedding ceremony itself. There was a formality, an etiquette, a politeness between the boy and the girl. And after some time, they phased into the next stage, which would be a comfortableness with each other, a sort of a confidentiality, a friendship would develop. Ultimately, over time, there would be the fruit of those two earlier stages, which is love. And then as a result of love, there would be a child. No one can have love, intimacy, friendship on the first day of marriage, the first day that they would have, in fact, met each other. However, with patience and politeness, it will come in due course of time. Prabhupada said we should chant the holy names of the Lord in whichever condition we may be without any worry Lord Krishna will take care of all things. No two facts tonight. First is God is bigger than your shortcomings, bigger than your doubts, bigger than your critics, bigger than those who have discouraged you and downplayed you in the past. He's bigger than any mistakes that you might have made. And if you will determinately, doggedly dedicate yourself to yoga, to keeping connected with him, he's going to get you where you need to be. That was number one. Number two, loving him is not something external. It's not something artificial. It's not an imposition on the consciousness. It's the natural state of the living being. It's like a baby. A baby's learning to walk, but the baby actually knows how to walk. It just requires a certain amount of practice before it gets up, walks vertically. And may not be able to walk right away the first day or second day or even third day or third week, but it knows how to walk. And when those muscles and the balance return to the living being, then that baby will walk. 
Similarly, our relationship with God will not come out full-blown from the first try. And the reason is, I hate to tell you this, but we've been disconnected from Krishna or God for, in most of our cases, many, many lifetimes. For many lifetimes, we've been out of a yogic connection with him. For many, many lifetimes, we've lived totally oblivious to our relationship with him. We have become, in essence, like leaves disconnected from the tree, shriveled, so to speak, yellow, almost without life, without vitality. The good news is that we can relatively easily revive our dormant Krishna consciousness because it's right there, it's intrinsic, but it will take some time. Krishna is open to everyone, but one needs the capacity to understand. And that capacity comes from yoga, making the connection, watering the root. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Yoga doesn't begin with postures, it doesn't begin with breathing, it doesn't begin with exercise, it begins with chanting. Today is a new day. When we chant and serve, we yoke up once again to healing waters. May it take some time to reverse the decay, to revive and refresh ourselves, to get healed and whole again. But only after the healing and after the restoration can the greenness, the freshness, the blossoms, and ultimately can the fruits come. In a recent year, the frost date in Utah is May 17th. So we waited till May 17th to plant. The forecast was good. Plant on May 17th, May 19th, a sudden unexpected frost came. <laughs> the seedlings that we planted they looked down for the count, man. They looked dead, lifeless. And we debated whether we should pull them all up and start all over again. But by, bless her heart, she kept saying, no, 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 they're still alive. They're still salvageable. They're tough little plants. You know, she was rooting for them. We weeded and we watered. We resisted the temptation to redo the whole thing. Slowly, slowly, slowly they began to show signs of life. About a month later than normal, they started to blossom. But in the end, they revived their health and their vitality. And that year, we have one of the biggest crops that we've ever had before. We had more honeydews, more cantaloupes, watermelon, green peppers than we could eat. We not only, towards the end of the season, cut up huge cubes of watermelon, which were in the buffet salad bar every day, but we had so much more watermelon, we blended it. And there were big pictures of fresh squeezed watermelon juice on the buffet. And I think, in fact, there's some down there even today as we speak. If you've never tasted fresh squeezed watermelon juice, you haven't lived. <laughs> You'll get a chance tonight. So in our lives, we reach times when we feel run down, we feel defeated. We feel like we've been knocked down so often that we don't even think it's worth it to get back up on our feet again. And that may be true. Alone, it may indeed be all too much. But if you commit to putting Krishna, the creator of millions of universes, first place in your life, then you have the greatest power that there is in your corner, blowing in your direction. You just have to surrender to him as your life manager. How would he be as a life manager? Well, let's think about this. He's creating millions and millions of universes. <laughs> <laughs> Seasonal changes, big huge planets flying at thousands of miles a second and not crashing into each other. 
two Utah drivers alone on the freeway on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, they're going to hit each other. And yet, uncountable planets are traveling at supernatural speeds and all of it's perfectly coordinated. So I think he'd probably be a pretty good life manager. I think he could literally fly you to the stars. He's your heavenly father. He's already for you. He already loves you, but he's not going to show you his best face until you freely invite him in. And we do that by chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Well, true. If what you say is true, why do children die of cancer? Why is there war in Ukraine? Why is there one mass shooting every single week? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I can tell you what I do know. I know that you live disconnected from God at your own risk. I know that God commanded us, thou shalt not kill. I know that maintaining slaughterhouses, shedding the blood of terrified animals, eating meat or disobeying the commandments of God. I know that when you put matter above spirit, when you put self above God, you get darkness, you get ignorance, you get mayhem. I know that Krishna created us all to be yogis and not bogies and rogies. <laughs> I know that if you chat the names of Krishna and put him first place, you will automatically become a first-class, well-behaved lady or gentleman. I know that Krishna is good, he loves you, and he wants to bless you, but we have to do our part. If you don't consider honoring Krishna or God by chanting his holy names or following his instructions, then please don't blame him when your choices come back to bite you. It is said by the poet, we shape ourselves, ourselves, the joys and fears of which the coming life is made, and fill our future's atmosphere with sunshine or with shade. The tissue of life to be, we weave in colors all our own, and in the field of destiny, we reap where we have sown. Did I make that clear enough? <laughs> About personal responsibility? Okay, a joke time, a little break. One Sunday morning, a text, that means you guys can laugh at the end of the day. <laughs> One Sunday morning, a Texas prison, a group of inmates were being led to the Catholic and Protestant chapels. One was on the right and one was on the left. One prisoner didn't go to the right or the left, but he kept on walking towards the main gate. A guard caught up with him and asked, and just where do you think you're going? The prisoner said, I was told to go to the church of my choice, and it's in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> we all have freedom of choice. Yoga means to use it properly. Prabhupada said, the Lord is like the sun, which illuminates everything and cannot be himself illuminated by anyone else. As light is never dark, never gets covered by dark, so Krishna is always good in everything he does. Nothing bad ever proceeds from God as darkness never emanates from the sun. Surrender to the goodness of God is the path to freedom. Now, surrender and freedom may sound to you like contradictory terms. But can I explain it to you in terms of a boarding a cruise ship? Everybody knows the destination, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, Bahamas. The passengers have surrendered themselves to that. No one's in chains. Everybody is completely free to go wherever they want and do that they want on the cruise ship. They can eat, sleep, play, jog, swim, lounge about on the deck, read, talk, do whatever they please 
but within the environment of the cruise ship. And the whole time, the ship continues to carry them towards their exotic destination. So you see what's happening. Both freedom and surrender are present, and they don't contradict. The International Society for Krishna Consciousness has 820 centers worldwide. There's cooking to be done, there's cleaning to be done, there's dancing to be done, festivals to be done, eating to be done, art to be done, architecture, music, gardening. So within the discipline of the community, there's freedom. Freedom, my friends, means surrender. For an athlete or a dancer, it's surrender to the physical discipline of exercise which gives them freedom. For a musician, it's surrender to the discipline of practice. And though it sounds paradoxical, true freedom, you'll find, always comes through surrender. Prabhupada says, just like a paper boat floating in water can be destroyed at any moment. This human body can be destroyed at any moment. However, if we take shelter of Krishna, we can go beyond this material existence. Now, the real test of yoga it's not how good-looking you are, how youthful you look, how successful you are, how healthy you are. Success, good looks, health, they can all be taken away in the snap of a finger. The real test of yoga is how surrendered we are. A so-called yogi with a self-centered agenda like a person riding a horse with two heads, there will be nothing but a push and pull struggle between yourself and Krishna. True yoga is not defined by how happy we are or by how healthy we are, but by how sincerely we wave our flag of surrender. The real questions leading to yoga then are, what is Krishna God's will for me in this day and in this hour? Where is Krishna leading me? How can I surrender to him? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hariya. The most yogic prayer we can give is the same prayer that Lord Jesus gave in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, thy will be done, not my will. And it shouldn't be any surprise to us that when Jesus, the bhakti yogi, taught his disciples to pray, one, he said, hallowed be thy name. And then he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. One devotee said, he therefore is a yogi who lives no longer to his own will or to the way of the world, but to the will of God or Krishna. He is a true yogi who considers Krishna in everything, who serves Krishna in everything, who does everything in the name of Krishna and under such rules as are conformable to his glory. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Bhagavad Gita 6, chapter 47. Of all yogis, he who abides in me, Krishna says, with great faith, worshiping me in transcendental loving service, is most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. Prabhupada says, nowadays people are very much inclined to the meditational process, which is not practical in this age. But if anyone practices meditation on Krishna 24 hours a day by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra around his beads and serving him in love and devotion, he is surely the greatest meditator and the greatest yogi. 
It was reported that when the uh, great authoress Gertrude Stein was dying in Paris, some of her friends stood about her bed. She opened her eyes and said, what is the answer? There was no reply because they didn't know the answer any more than she did. Well, then she asked, what is the question? And then she died. Those were her last words. Can I tell you the question so you won't arrive at the same impasse she did? The question is, have I yoked my life to God? The question is, have I surrendered to him with my body, mind, and words? Prabhupada says again, the ideal yogi concentrates his attention on Krishna, who is called Shamasundar, who is beautifully colored as a cloud, whose lotus-like face is as effulgent as the sun, whose dress is brilliant with jewels and his body is flower garlanded. Illuminating all sides is his glorious luster, which is called the Brahma Jodi. He incarnates in different forms like Rama, Narsingha, Varaha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He descends as Krishna in a human-like form, the son of Madhya Yashoda, and he is known as Krishna, Govinda, and Vasudeva. He is the perfect child, husband, friend, and master, and he is full with all opulences and transcendental qualities. If anybody remains fully conscious of these features of the Lord, he or she is called the highest yogi. This afternoon, let me encourage you to not just go with God, but to grow in a relationship with him. Chant his holy names, honor him with your talents and abilities, plant the seeds of devotion, and patiently wait for the fruits of love, peace, abundance, and purpose. Know today that God is bigger than your problems, bigger than politics, bigger than the weather, bigger than history's madmen and tyrants. He is sovereign. And know that when you love him and are surrendered to him above all else, he considers you to be the best of all yogis. He guides you, he supports you, he protects you, he inspires you and encourages you in this life and next life he takes you back to home, back to God. If any part of this message resonated with you, please raise your arms in the air and say along with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.